0: I love a like 1800s American grifter mentality. (laughs)
1: Yes. Like, you
2: know, that's like a real thing. Other than like, I don't know, the rampant death. um, I kind of wish I was alive back then because it sounds wild and like a real party because you could just say whatever you wanted and it would be true. Where like,
1: I feel like TikTok is like a like 1800s grifter mentality, right? Everyone, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin, and our guest today is the incredible actress, writer, comedian, Ayla Glass. But before that, Kate, what's up? How's it going? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Good. Yeah. I got paid. Hell yeah. Man, I got a residual check for a commercial I did in December 2020. Yeah. And it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, I just farted. <laughs> Could you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I did. Keep it in. <laughs> uh, I will uh, keep that in. Yeah, I just I've... had Del Taco. So. I love farts. Yeah, farts um. are
0: great. I love Del Taco too. So now mm. it's a, you know, it's a. Like an institution, it down is an institution,
1: you know. They have good cheese
0: in their tacos, they do,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Also, I love that you can get french fries with your tacos,
1: specifically crinkle cut mm-hmm. fries, which are a delicacy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> a rarity. If a we will. rarity.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, so that's we good. Are in the like, uh, the fun, like the fun, like, ooh, ta- we're we're like now talking to people and producers about this movie that oh. me and kate Rappaport and julia bartlett wrote uh we're now in that like ah uh, yes making making the calls and you know maybe yeah mm. oh, i call yeah. this the, i decided i told them i decided that this uh, like i really want to make the choice to remember how fun this time is mm-hmm. where you're like oh nothing's happened yet you're sort of like Like, regardless of the outcome of anything, uh, remembering how fun this part is, where you're like, oh, imagining who could play what. Yeah. You know, casting it out and picturing how it's going to be, you know, like, oh, this part is fun. So I hope to remember that always, no matter how things shake out. I think that's like a good general life lesson. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, I think it's just like, like I've been having that, like, you know, I'm in a very fortunate situation, but it's easy to get sort of lost in how much work it is to have a house. Like, yes, we're, I feel like my whole life is yard work now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's just constant. It is just fucking a constant barrage of yard work, which I love. I do enjoy doing it, but it's really easy get, to get lost in that. But like this weekend, Lauren and I were out painting uh, our patio set, oh. and Luna was just playing ball in the yard. Oh oh my god! and it was so it just like and i kind of like had that moment of like i just need to remember just like how meaningful this time is that we're spending together and this life that we're building together and it it's like uh, just for everything it's so easy to get kind of like sucked into the minutiae stuff um and to get caught caught up on things but like yeah you know it's to stop, and stop and smell the roses, if, if you, you will. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah!
1: It helps though when you're not like super stressed about money to like yeah. enjoy <laughs> life. Got it. It yeah. definitely like frees up the space for you to, like in your brain holes. True that. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I do have a job interview this Woo! week
0: that I'm very excited for. Okay. I applied for this job in December, and I it, they said that they were hiring for January, and I never heard back, so I assumed. Oh. Nothing, But I have a preliminary phone interview on Tuesday, tomorrow. I'm super oh, to right. excited. Yes. I'm going to get this job. Get job. and I talked about it. I want this job. Like, this is the first job I've really wanted in a long time. Oh. That I, like, want want, And I think I would be fucking good at. Shit. Um, it's like working with kids for a nonprofit. <gasps> oh, my God. For a writing program. I'm already volunteering for this organization. So it's where I've been volunteering. Oh.
1: Um, i'm applying for a full-time job there and
0: i have my interview on tuesday and i'm very excited oh my gosh that's so cool i'm very optimistic
1: yes uh i mean duh it's hard it's like one of those things where you're like i'm qualified as
0: fuck for this job yeah i just have to convey that to somebody else (laughs) right (laughs) you got this i hope so i have um i've bummed only two job interviews in my entire life and I know exactly what I did wrong in both of them. The first one I showed up extremely hungover. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it, yep. Uh, And then the second one uh, I basically like, um, I just... You know, I answered, like, the most important question wrong. It was a really interesting oh, experience. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Did and you then, know
1: that you were answering it oh, wrong when you yeah. did?
0: No, but I knew immediately after. Yeah. And then we had to, like, fake 10 more minutes of this interview that both of us were sitting there going, I'm not getting this job. I cannot re-answer that question. It's <laughs> not a question I get to re-answer. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Yeah. Okay. So they were like, it was a program I still kind of stand by my answer. So it wasn't the right job for me. Okay. But uh, it was a program where it's like exists in San Francisco, and their mission is to like take kids from like school struggling school districts in San Francisco and help move them into better school districts so they have a better chance at getting into college. Gotcha. Um, Okay. And I've heard a lot of different things about these programs. Some people are very opposed to this style of nonprofit because it's like, so you're taking the smart kids out of their bad school. Like it's like creating a dynamic for all the kids that are left behind. Gotcha. Yes. So it's, It's complicated. And the question they asked me was, do you think a college education is a necessary thing in life? And I said, no, I'm I'm the only person in my whole family that went to college. I was the first person in my whole family that went to college.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You know, I didn't like grow up with that being something that was like. Really hammered into me. It was totally of my own volition that I mm-hmm. went to college, and so I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I think that you know we are living in a, a time when there are a lot of avenues for people to be creative and make money, and college yeah. and the debt that it, you know, you accrue from it, it's not necessarily for everyone, right? And they just looked at me and they go, so our answer is yes. Oh. <laughs> And I was Whoops. like, right, 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 right. Because yeah. that's the whole point of this place <laughs> is that you are putting kids on the college track. Right, right. Well, <laughs> oh my God. Um, this one's more about just teaching kids how to write fiction. And I think that's
1: lovely. That is lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. So you know who else is lovely? Who? Oh, wait, I know. Ayla Glass. Glass. She's the creator of the all-women-of-color sketch team, the Baygency, and she's also... On Tracking Board's next list, very exciting. Ayla, it is so cool to have you on. You are incredible. You are a powerhouse. Um, how are you?
2: Thank you. I am doing
1: solidly okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: that's a pandemic response if I've ever heard one. <laughs> you know, it
2: really is one of those, it could be worse, but it also, you know, it could be better. So I'm just, you know, I'm living. Yeah. I'm living it. Um you know, I think that anybody who has gone through the last two years s- still standing and able to smile is like, you're <laughs> killing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, fair enough. Yeah. 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 Accurate. <laughs> How have the last two years been for you?
2: Um, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride of enjoyment and then depression. Because um, yeah. I actually am an indoor person for sure. I like being inside my apartment. So the first couple months of quarantine was like a very welcome vacation. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is so nice. I was like, I'm going to rearrange things, get a bunch of plants, did that. <laughs> Too many plants, had to get rid of them. <laughs> it went from being therapeutic to stressful very quickly (laughs)
0: yeah plants can do that though yes oh man i
2: just spent an hour uh yesterday because one of the plants that i um bought over the summer and it must have had it the whole time had like these little bugs called thrips for anyone who's a plant parent in the in the audience uh basically they suck the like sap from your plant and you know they make the leaves die and I just thought I was like not watering this plant right and I was like why do you hate me Uh,
1: were they all brown like the
2: the leaves that they get brown or so they kind of do <clears throat> but how the telltale sign is that it's kind of like silvery, like the leaves get silvery looking and oh. then there's black, like tiny little, like black speckles. Oh, so interesting. And then if you look super, super close, cause they're like tiny, like I would say tinier than like, I have a dog. So like I've seen fleas before. It's smaller than fleas, like these tiny, teeny, tiny little, like little, uh, black bugs. And then they have like teeny tiny little white eggs and you can't, like I had to get out my phone flashlight and like look at the leaf, like super close to my face. And I was like, oh my God, it really is there. Like, and and the way I found this out, <laughs> this is like peak plant parent is I literally had to get on a website and take a bunch of pictures of my plant and, you know, send it to an expert. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, I was
2: like, what is wrong with?
0: I've seen those services, though, and that's legit that you can do that because, like, I would never, like, if it's not too much water, not enough water, mm-hmm. not enough sunlight, too much sunlight, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah,
2: and <laughs> yeah. I was confused because the plant has been growing oh. like crazy, oh. so I was like, it seems to like it's life, but the leaves are, <laughs> random leaves are dying, and then I realized... <gasps> nice because there's like there tiny books that's like a horror
0: movie like like little white eggs the way you were describing oh. that, I was like oh having that in your house
2: Yikes. I was straight up in denial like when the person <laughs> sent me that email I was like there's no way that I have allowed tiny books <laughs> to be in my house <laughs> for months and then I that's why I like got down on the floor and I was like ugh <laughs> like looking like real close with my light. And I was like, no, they were right. Like, let like, they're not like flying bugs. At yeah. yeah. So they, that would be worse. they I mean, really it's... only stay on the plant that they're on. Right. Luckily, because I immediately checked all of my other plants. But um, yeah, and the only plant that also had them was one that I had left next to it when I had gone out of town for like 10 days. So. Oh, so those little thrifts had a party while you were out. Yeah, they did. I gotta say, I'm I'm impressed. (laughs) Bugs Life 3, 4, where are we in that trip?
1: I'm impressed that you like took the time to like talk to an expert about it like uh my my succulents started dying and i'm just like well i'm just gonna leave these outside and let them fend for themselves so (laughs) i'm not to blame like that is the move with succulents though
0: i will say because succulents like to be outside yeah like they love california weather so if it's a succulent i think that's the move yeah
2: yeah they're like they're they're like uh you know fuck boys if you give them too much attention they're just <gasps> that's true Yeah, they're that's true that's, succulents um, are the fuck boys
0: of the plant
2: world. it's really like i i get really mad about succulents too because i clearly am a over attentive uh plant parent and i like had this cactus and i'm like fuck you cactus like i'm putting you on this bookshelf and i'm like I'm gonna look at you and i was literally about to throw it away recently and then i was like you have like five new like little baby cactuses like coming <laughs> out of your top I was like i guess you've liked me like just ignoring you for the past three months so mm. I guess I'll just keep mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. yeah
0: I love this like uh the like um the relationship games yes. that we have to play with our plans
2: that's true um so that that took up a lot of my time at the beginning of, of the pandemic um and having a dog also helped a lot because you still get your outside time hell yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. oh my gosh right you're forced to at least kind of pretend to be
0: like a human being (laughs) you have to put pants on because you do have to take the dog for a
2: walk yes yeah a lot of times they would be pajama pants but nonetheless pants they would be pants they would be pants Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but how how about now how are you how how's things how are things at the moment um well i have uh been able to work remotely the whole pandemic so i do have a full-time employee Um, So that that keeps me like busy uh, from the the nine to five Monday through Friday. Uh, And then otherwise, uh, I've been really something that's been nice about uh, the pandemic is the ability to focus on yourself and like what you want to create for yourself. So I've been doing a lot of uh, that with like writing Mm -hmm. and stuff, um, which is how I, I was able to get. Uh, literary like management over the course of the pandemic Sweet. which was cool congratulations yeah, yeah. And, and get on like uh the tracking board next list which is cool it's like a list for emerging writers so uh I'm glad that people liked what I wrote and I hope now I just have to deal with that like fear of follow-up you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like is this a project you want to
0: like pitch out and like bring to people is it something that you're like really stoked about
2: um it's more of a I mean I would love to be able to make it someday it's more of a a writing sample right now kind of like an intro to to me and um like my style and stuff to take meetings um and then I am working on you know some other scripts that I would hope to be able to produce and like pitch in the future yeah some things like more about uh just me and like girl life I am really um Female-forward and everything. Like all my main characters will always be women, uh, usually women of color. Or um, and I think it's really important to just put that in the script and just be like, not like any ethnicity. It's like, no, this person is black. This person is Asian, or like this person is Middle Eastern, and like imbue that in those characters so that because people, I think they just um, they don't even think to put whoever like different uh, you know a diverse cast of people in their head they just read something they're like oh you know a black writer wrote this so all the characters are going to be black or you know just I feel like people still default to thinking oh it's going to be white right you know yeah. Um, unless it's said otherwise um and you know I just like to make it look like the world that we live in uh,
0: as far as writing characters of other ethnicities is that something that you do and then do you like have like a research practice for doing that or are you just yeah. like just, like base it off of people you know how do you do like how do you do that
2: i just base it off of people that i know because i think it's you know you just write uh from uh, you know same improv like the top of your intelligence <laughs> yeah. and i I think it's like you you the characters are always gonna be the most authentic when they're based in some kind of reality sure and and I think it's also it's like I'm never going to uh, assume or uh, that I <laughs> know everything about what it's like to grow up with like immigrant parents, but I know that you know my best friend in college was Chinese, and I know what her like experience was growing up with you know first generation and everything like that. So I can use that in in a character. Um, that I'm writing, and a lot of times uh, characters are just different aspects of you know me and my experience, and I think it's important to just be like, yeah, this character is Asian, but she's also just like a person, right? <laughs> right,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, and right. it's not
2: every single thing about her identity, and like every time she comes into a scene, she isn't like, hello everybody, I am an Asian person, right? <laughs> because yeah. that's not how we communicate, you know, nah, in real yeah. life. You know, we just you know get to exist. Right. Um, yeah, we hope that we get to just exist. You know, we're working towards that. <laughs> right. Hollywood <Yes>. is trying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like that. Either
1: wink or twitch. Is, it's a, I, I'm trying
2: to be consciously optimistic. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is interesting. There's like the like this weird a weird learning curve that doesn't. Fe- it should not be there. Like, all right. Recently, me and two of my writing partners, we we wrote a script, like a screenplay, and. We had that like conversation of like, do we specify their ethnicity in there? Like, do we say what ethnicity they are or do we leave it open and hope that the, like if this gets sold and if we don't have any part of it, do we just hope that they're gonna understand that this could literally be anybody? Like-
2: The reason why I like to specify is I, it's like almost my like low key demand, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like that I just like be like, think about it. Think about somebody else. Just yeah. don't, maybe, maybe not that. Maybe somebody else, you know. Yeah, <laughs> boy. and I like it to be a little like. So the the script that I I, I had written that was on the the next list, um, it probably like just reading it. If you're not paying super close attention, it might not be like apparent that the the two lead women are actually both black. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the central, like, conceit of, like, what's right. happening between them. It's not, like, right. like they do eventually have a conversation in the third act, like, you know, where they have to, like, where they confront each other about stuff. But, like, event- at the beginning of it, it's not, like, here's one black lady and here's another black lady. Let's watch <laughs> these black ladies' black lady, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like... Hello, we are two people. We have a problem. We're trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like um,
0: that just the way that you said that is like, oh my God, dude, that is so much of like, I feel like, I don't know, I've heard this from people who pitch shows, like when producers, like that is what they want almost. And I don't know. Because they just
2: want to, I think it's like they want to be like, sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They want like a like they're like oh but like if they don't say that they that something about it then right, are they yeah. like are they real it's it's very it is very like I do think that they like um they the uh you know the powers that be the mystical Hollywood uh, <laughs> quorum that exists you know um, I think it's also it's like they think that that makes it somehow more authentic. Right. As if the characters are, like, outwardly presenting right. their idea, you know, their concept of what they're comfortable with, you know, of racial identity. Right, right, right. right. They're like, oh, I understand this person is black because they're talking about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Okay. And that's clearly that is something that's going to come up any black person on any random Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. that they're going to talk about BLM. That's just a normal conversation, right? For every person, totally, right? Uh. <laughs> and that might be authentically in the moment. It might be, but it's also like, yeah. Also, maybe we just want to talk about fish sticks. I don't know. <laughs>
0: So was that something when you started uh, the Baygency, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing all women of color sketch show Mm -hmm. uh, that we were blessed with in L.A. that we got to have a bunch of different theaters around here. I think you performed Mm -hmm. at the PAC, but Mm -hmm. you guys also performed at UCB a bunch. Mm -hmm. You you Mm -hmm. guys were everywhere. When you started that group, was there an element of like, I just want an all women of color sketch group where our sketches are not about being necessarily women of color?
2: Yeah, I wanted it to be both. So I'm half black, half white, and I grew up in like a primarily like Jewish neighborhood, um, randomly in Kansas City. Also very random. Wow, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, and
2: then I went to school on the East Coast, and like I said, I was like, um, and my school was uh, pretty diverse, weirdly enough. Um, and what my impetus was is just like there. Aren't that many all female teams in general in-, in comedy? And like Nikki, of course, was on one of them and a huge inspiration to oh, me. Goodness. Yes! <laughs> oh, goodness. I like oh, no. looked at them and I was like, oh, Look at what they're doing! Yes, they were, ah. and then, it was and the then first- you're like, We
1: can do that, but we can do it better. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no! <laughs> Uh, Fembot was the first uh, t- people to put me on stage at the pack, and it was really cool. Oh, my yeah. first show ever at the pack was uh, with Fembot. Oh my oh, gosh! You were great, that's holy
1: cool. fucking shit! I remember
2: the- <laughs> that was a really fun sketch. Yes. <laughs> we were like these Jersey women. Oh my gosh, it was very
1: fun, and we like tried
2: to put on press on nails yes. like really hurriedly in the dressing room, like right before, and then take them off. It was ridiculous. <laughs> were that committed to the bit. And I was like, which leopard print should I, and they're like, all of the leopard prints. Both, all, everything. It was very fun. I still like, yeah, Uh, I was looking back at pictures a couple months ago and yeah, I found that picture of us like with our hands. That was so fun. Um, You you were great.
1: It was a pleasure to have you on, truly.
2: (laughs) It was so fun. Um, But yeah, (laughs) this is just my personality. I literally took a sketch one class and I was like, this is great. I was like, yo, Eric, who's the sketch director at the theater, I was like, I wanna make my own team. And he was like, okay, well, do it then. And I was like, oh shit. Oh shit. Now I gotta do it. Cause I said, I told someone I was gonna do it. <laughs> yep. But I just felt like it was like, I looked around at the landscape and I didn't wanna just like make another sketch team for the sake of it. It's like, I wanted to say something and I wanted to bring together um women from all different backgrounds because um i think yeah so many times it's like we've gotten to this it's kind of like we were talking about with this is like answers is going on a journey but here we go <laughs> yeah so
1: <laughs> take us on this journey we're we're on we're, the ride we're down
2: for the ride we got our seat belts on yeah my rationale is like kind of like what we were talking about with tv where it's like we've gotten to the like this is a black team this is a latinx team this is the asian team and i was like what if what if <laughs> <laughs> with all our powers combined we were just one badass team and then i was like and i might as well just make it all ladies because ladies are cool hell yeah, yeah. and we just need more like women in comedy and to put women in the forefront was like always really important to me and that's what I thought was the superpower of the show is like we could have a sketch about Bollywood or like you know immigrant parents who are obsessed with life hacks and stuff like that (laughs) Uh, we also just have like silly sketches like where the floor is lava uh, Yes. The T-Rex comes in to an office party and stuff like that and kind of showing like both sides because we like, you know, contain multitudes. We're like not just one thing and we have more to say than, you know, just you know, that about ourselves, you know, we're women, we're women of color from all different races and ethnicities and experiences and states and mm-hmm. just being able to create that like amalgamation of, you know, comedy come together was like very rewarding. And then I also used it as an opportunity to put a uh, women of color, like standups in the forefront yeah. as well. We would always have like about three standups do five minute sets because it's hard to, uh, as a woman in comedy, in stand-up comedy, it's just hard to get time yeah. on like book shows and especially get like a full five minutes uh, and I would just give like five to seven depending on how much time we had. And, uh, and people would always be, we had great people like Aparna Nancherla yeah. came on the show, like Sherry Cola, who's on like Good Trouble. Yeah, people were like, oh my God, how do you like book these like amazing women? I'm like, I asked them. <laughs> 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 and I say, hey, do you want to come do my show? It's all ladies, and they're like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. they're excited, they want to do it, and and truly, and and I'll I'll stop talking after. But like, uh, one of the most rewarding nights was we did, and it was like the January, I think or maybe february before uh everything you know in 2020 and i did like an all uh stand-up show it was like a friends of the bay agency show and it was like all the women who i had booked over like the past two years or that were available to to come and and do uh, a show and it was the most like magical green room like everybody was so excited to see each other and people were like oh my god like i never get to see you at shows because people don't usually they will like book one women or two right or they'll book like one person of color and then like one like you know woman or something so it's like it was such a special and like unique experience for like all of those women of color to get to be in one room and one show together oh that's awesome um yeah so that's really exciting so i'm hoping to be able to start doing that now again that like live shows are back and kind of like bring the community back together because it was it was very fun yeah Yeah. and
1: you do stand up now you you do stand up as well right
2: um actually last night got back up on stage for like the first time
1: congrats (laughs) yeah yeah
2: so you know it was like nothing too exciting but uh yeah i i got back on stage for the first time since march 2020 damn yeah how'd it feel it felt but it felt
1: fine. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like you almost expected
2: it to feel more uh like scared. Tiffany or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Like um but I don't know. I think it's also in some ways having performed enough, you know. You get up there and it, it feels like, you know, once you actually get up there, you're like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say some things and you guys are, you know, gonna laugh or you're not gonna laugh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're gonna forget
2: about it in like ten minutes. And yeah. It's gonna be fine. You know, like I'll get to go yeah. on with my life. But um somewhat like the pressure is uh
1: there's like less pressure now where it's like, Hey man, we all almost could have died mm-hmm. uh and we're here still like I know it's fine. Yeah, we're just yeah. here and
2: make up some make up some jokes. Hell yeah! I'm also like too anxious to be like underprepared, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I I always am like very fascinated at people who can just like go up and they're just like I don't really know what I'm going to say I'm just going to riff, you know? Like I open <laughs> my and I'm like that is that is the most terrifying thing to me, yeah. and I think that that's like so impressive. Where I'm like okay. I have written out exactly what I want to say and then I have made notes like bullet points and then I've practiced those <laughs> bullet points and now I will look at them as I speak to you. Uh- <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how
0: I am. I do not, I like tried one time being like, I'm just going to go to an open mic without material and just like see how it goes. The worst fucking experience of my life. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I just like stood up being like uh, what did I want to talk about? You know what I mean? We were just like, oh my God, what am I doing? Because when it's on you
2: it's like your brain turns off somehow just mush Mm -hmm. right
0: it just like turns to mush so i i think i only did like a minute i was like you know what i got nothing i'm gonna give my time back to the room and everyone was very relieved (laughs) (laughs) my first courteous yeah
2: My very first, like, open mic that I ever did was back at, like, it was a weird mic at El Cid. Oh, God. Uh, God, I love El Cid. They used to do, like, a weird open mic that was, like, anything. Yeah, mixed mic. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was some people doing stand-up. Some people were, like, playing music. Some people were... Doing a combination of that, I don't know, spoken word. I, it was a weird experience, but I was so nervous that I like blacked out halfway through it and then only did like two and a half minutes and was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, like, forgot what everything I was going to say. I tried to make a joke about like emojis. Nobody laughed and I was like, I give up. <laughs> like- <laughs> Back, it was actually you know, it was a pretty, pretty funny joke. I was saying that you have to be able to like read emojis like hieroglyphs in order to understand what anybody's saying on dating apps. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That's true. Like, I don't know. Facts. Sometimes people's dating profiles, they it's look just like emojis. it's just emojis. And I'm like, I don't know what, what you think <laughs> that that means. <laughs> I know what I think that means. Right. Yeah. Like the prayer hands. Wait,
1: I... Wait, are those people high fiving or are we <laughs> high fiving or praying or is this gratitude? I don't understand. I love praying. Are Pray- we prayering? Are <laughs> we prayering? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about um let's talk about growing up in Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you on the Kansas side or the Missouri
2: side? I am from Overland Park, Kansas. Okay. Um so and then before that. I was in Mission, Kansas, so I've always grown up on the Kansas side, um, but all suburbs of Kansas City. The main city is is on the Missouri side. There is a Kansas City, Kansas, but it's kind of like smaller it's okay. its own thing it's something really petty, which I kind of enjoy where um so all of that area was the Kansas territory back in you know the day before they split up that area, and then there was so there was like obviously you know they made like a Kansas City and then another and that was the main like you know place where they would do trading and whatever um and then like another city, like, popped up, and they're like, um, maybe we also call ourselves Kansas City, and then people <laughs> will come to us instead. So, like, we'll just, like, purposely confuse people. Great. And oh be God. like, yeah, Kansas City is that way. And then they get there, like, oh, wow, we're in Kansas City. Oh and gosh. it's a completely different Kansas City. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's really just one place was, like, trying to steal the other cities, like, shine. Totally. Um And eventually, I think they, like, grew together, and then you know, they're the, when the state lines were, were drawn arbitrarily on a map, oh, right? The right. city was split in half. Oh. Um, but a lot of people work in one state and then live in another, yeah. And so I never really thought about it, but it's it's crazy. You pay taxes in both states.
0: Oh, that's so wild!
2: Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, oh, crazy. if you if you do if you um, work in one and live in another, yeah, because your income tax is in one state and your and property, property taxes. Tax I state.
0: love a like 1800s American grifter mentality <laughs> yes like you know I mean, that's like a real thing totally
2: <laughs> other than like I don't know the rampant death Um, <laughs> I kind of wish I was alive back then because it sounds wild and like a real party because you could just say whatever you wanted and it would be true oh we're like
1: i feel like tiktok is like a like 1800s grifter mentality right (laughs) (laughs) like
0: like you went to nyu right uh no i went to dartmouth dartmouth oh okay i just i tricked you i just
2: said east coast
1: <laughs> but you just assume NYU.
0: Fucking, I don't know. Yeah, I was, I'm like, She's you're like, an actor?
2: Like, <laughs> no, NYU, you rejected me. I hope <gasps> you regret it. Uh, but Dartmouth. Well, Tish did. But. Oh, but fucking Dartmouth. Like, <laughs> I started out as a theater major. Okay. And then I switched it to a minor um, because I really liked uh, sociology and film. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. And this was, uh, you know, pre- Um, dating myself, this is like pre-financial crash of 2008. So back then when you went to college, they were like, just do whatever you want. Yes. As long as you have that piece of paper that says you You, went to college, you can get any job in the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then... People
1: just want to see that you can commit to something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I was a theater. That's why I did theater. It was like... Do
2: romance languages and then you can go and work in finance. Know a person who literally was like a French history major and then got a job at like, you know, Morgan Stanley. Oh my God. (laughs) And it's like, how that... You didn't even take an economics? class. They're like, well, you know, you said you wanted to do it, so here you go. Here's a job. Um, but, yeah, and then 2008 happened. Uh, but but it was good because, so I grew up doing theater and musical theater. Yeah, okay. Since I was, like, eight years old was, like, the first time. They, they needed some elementary school students to be in the high school musical oh. And so they were like, that one doesn't talk and she won't cause troubles and maybe she's okay. And so they like <laughs> threw me in there uh, and then I, I I liked it. And so I, I kept going. But when, when I got to college, um, I took film for some sort of um, elective credit that I needed and I just really loved I my parents were actually pretty big film buffs anyway and I just loved learning like more about it and um, someone asked me to be like in a student film and just like kind of experiencing that it felt like the next like step in my like actor journey Yeah, um, and just something else to experience because I was like super super into theater like doing four or five shows like a year like by the time I was in high school and I just spent so much time in like rehearsals and in like a dark theater that I think I just needed like a refresh, like a new way to to look at acting and performing. So and that's kind of like what film offered to me. And then yeah, I just liked sociology. It's oh. really interesting. Oh.
0: So, would you, you said your parents were film buffs? What kind of movies did you grow up watching? Oh,
2: all like you know the Oscar-y type stuff. Mm-hmm. We grew up with like you know we watched every award show, um, and it was all about award show glamour and stuff. And yeah, my mom always loved that. Um,
1: were they were they into performing or creative?
2: Surprisingly not. They both kind of had slightly creative like, hobbies. I mean, my dad was in, like, a band in college. Uh, And my mom did, like, gymnastics and she was, did a little bit like, journalism stuff um, in college as well. But, no, by the time I was born, they were both, like, uh, my dad was working in like um printing and my mom was uh well she became a stay-at-home mom but she was working for ibm a little bit in the in the 80s so oh wow wow. oh yeah she's a fancy lady she was like power suits diet coke like shoulder pads shoulder pads run five miles before you like you know go on your like you know business meeting type of person. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yes, she she's so funny. Um and then she she had me and then she's um apparently the story is that she missed my first steps and so then she was like I give it all up.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I know you have
2: a good cute. relationship with your parents. Then, yeah, I mean, like pretty good. I feel like you kind of have to like have some kind of damage to want to do comedy, but <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> I won't out them for their shortcomings <laughs> yet.
1: Uh, I I'll feel- wait
2: till I get a little more famous and nice. then they'll, it'll hurt a little bit less. Save it for the memoir. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, I know I said that really like mean thing about you, but I was getting paid a lot.
1: Of yes. <laughs> uh, I love no, that. No, I'm actually. Like, I mean, I hate I- it.
2: I, I, I'm actually um, struggling a little bit with, like, how how do you, you know, represent your parents when you're looking back at, you know, them when as an adult? Because I'm trying to work on um, a script about myself, like, when I was, like, 13. And it's interesting, to My first pass, I just, like, kind of, like, oh, I'm just not going to show her parents at all. Because yeah. I was so worried about like, oh gosh, what if I write something and it hurts their feelings and they're like gonna be like, I didn't really do that and be like, I know, but it's like made up and they're like, but it's me and I'm like, I know you know (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh so trying to uh just get get past that hump of, you know, it's a character. Yeah. And um Mm -hmm. you know, it's not uh hopefully Gonna hurt their feelings too bad, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> I had a theory when I was a writing student that like authors, uh, they're they're best when they're young, and then they always go through a slump when they like get married and have kids and have a family because they're happy, but then they always get good again when their parents die because they can be <laughs> honest again. <gasps> <laughs> oh. yes,
2: it's really? so true. It's it's kind of like there's so many musical artists that I feel like and you're happy for them in their life that they have finally you know found love and happiness, but you're like damn you're music was like so legit when you were depressed and, like, yeah. and and single Yeah. and you were having like the worst relationships at all times It was like uh, like i have to say like paramore yeah oh yeah when she found her husband and got married i was like man you happy just doesn't work for me <laughs> Uh, and now,
1: and now that she's on her own, and like, all, like, oh man, she's writing like scathing songs about her oh, ex husband. Yeah, See, I didn't even
2: notice that she she has got back. Oh on. yeah, okay, I have she, to go listen to that then. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: uh, it's real good. She's doing solo stuff now. Uh, oh. I'm a fan. I actually didn't like Param. I, I like. I was I'm okay with Paramore before, but now that she's like solo and she's writing these like s- really like scathing things about her hu- ex husband, I'm like, hell yeah, I can relate, girl.
2: Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah,
1: I feel
0: like we try to like, you know, there's like a conversation now that it's like, oh, you don't have to be suffering to make good art. But then it's like, well, you don't have to be, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're a very funny, uh, very funny comedian. I've really loved uh, some of the sketches that I uh, like every sketch I've seen that you've written. Um, When did you get into comedy and when did you start writing? Because you were an actor before, Mm -hmm. you know, a performer. And then now you like are an incredible writer and you do comedy Mm -hmm. now. When did that happen? How did that happen?
2: Yeah. Comedy was it's, it's actually funny to me because I kind of got into comedy reluctantly like Mm. almost like kicking and screaming and it took me a while to realize that it was because I grew up loving comedy like I grew up on like watching Comedy Central in its heyday loved my parents let us watch South Park way too young I don't know why they let (laughs) an eight-year-old watch South Park (laughs) but that is my truth I really liked Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. I oh. I feel like he might be up there on like first crushes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um like I would sneak out of bed and turn down the TV volume really low and like put a blanket over my head so that I could watch Conan because what he came on at like midnight, Yeah, right? it was late. Or, yeah. Like 1 11. A. Um so I would s- sneak out of bed and watch Conan on like the, the little TV. But I always thought of comedians and, and all those people as like being like this unattainable Uh, Like I could never do anything like those people, even though I I loved comedy so much. And I was never like a class clown. Like I wasn't always uh, I was like pretty quiet uh, and introverted. And I wasn't someone who was like always making jokes or trying to make people laugh in that way. But when I came out here, a a friend was like, "Okay, so like what are some of your favorite shows? And I listed all comedies. And they're like, but you don't want to be in comedies and I'm like oh I mean like I could never and they were like why don't you just try an improv class yeah you <laughs> know so and it took me like a year I think and then I finally you know signed up for UCB 101 and found out it was not nearly as scary mm-hmm. as it seems and that I could in fact make people laugh with things that like came out of my own brain and um From that, I just, like, started to embrace uh, just, like, being a comedic actor and doing funny.
1: All right. We're going to go into these are five things. First question for you is what is your biggest influence in comedy?
2: The show Parks and Recreation is probably one of my biggest influences just because I, I would describe my style is, like, humorous with heart, like, I think, like, ultimately at the core of whatever I write is, like, ooey gooey, like, Mm, cuteness, like, like, feel goodness, and I think that Parks and Recreation, like, really embodies that, and just, like, everything, like, Mike sure makes, like, really embodies Mm -hmm. that, where it's, like, it's smart, and it's funny, but at the center of it is, like, real human relationships, and people who, like, truly love each other, and so that's Mm -hmm. what... I don't know. I love that. I love that show. And I think about it almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> Teach yourself. Just John Raffio. I, like, actually, like, was like, why did you rip rip me off? Like, I I don't talk as much anymore, but uh, probably because I've been in my house by myself. But I would be, I was that person that would, like, just randomly sing things and I'd be like, <laughs> I'm late like <laughs> I think from like growing up in musical theater and I saw it I was like I feel so seen like that is me I do that
0: uh, so uh, next question what has so far been your worst moment in comedy and what's been your best moment in comedy
2: I mean I, I, I don't think I've had like a single event that was the worst in comedy I think the hardest part about running your own show is just Like, meeting people where they are as far as, like, their level of uh, commitment and Mm -hmm. ability to be present, you know, and not, like, begrudging them that. I think that's the hardest thing. Um, And, you know, it's like the team was... 10 people and it's a lot of personalities and just like being a basically like a manager of you know a little uh what do you call it? a little team you know yeah. um, is I think that was challenging in a lot of ways but luckily uh, nobody has been super mean to me or anything Good. Um, yeah. I'm glad that I wasn't also like nah fuck you back so- yeah. <laughs> How about best experience in comedy? I think the the best experience so far is uh, this video that I I made uh, called crippling anxiety barbie and it it did pretty well online but honestly i was mostly just really proud of it because it's like a barbie uh 90s commercial parody and um i like wrote it and was in it and like did the little theme song for it and kind of like all aspects of it um myself with like help from from some other folks to like shoot it and like actually compose the music and it's like barely viral by these you know day standards but i think it got like 20 k or something like that okay. or like 22k yeah. or something like, uh, views on twitter and i was like i don't know it was just like very uh fun and gratifying to be able to something that i i made and i'm proud of and so that's been cool yeah
1: yeah uh, hype up a friend maybe somebody that you'd like to see on this podcast as well
2: oh my gosh well um they might have already been on this podcast but like Marcelina trevira is like awesome. Hell but, yeah. yeah, yeah. We did <laughs> have her on,
0: um, but yeah, she's yes. the best.
2: She's currently killing it as a story editor on uh, a TV show, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Uh, I won't out the show in case she she doesn't want people to know. Um, or uh, also, Ann Yatko has been killing it yes. over the course of this pandemic. I don't know that much about anime, but she's famous now to (laughs) anime people. (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah. I know she's on one show called Genshin Impact and uh, many, many other shows doing voices. Mm -hmm. And... I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, who I love? Do you know uh, Ellington Wells is like a cool lady. Oh, okay. Hey, right Ellington on. Wells. Yeah. She wrote on Laser Wolf. Oh, right on. Um, oh, but yeah, cool. she's awesome. She's a writer, stand up and uh, a cool lady. We're also biracial curly hair sisters. So, Sweet.
0: Know. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something that you have not yet had the opportunity to do in your career that you're like, okay, this is what I want to fucking do?
2: I mean, all
0: the things. <laughs> right. Um,
2: <laughs> right now, honestly, like just specifically comedy focused. Um, I just like really want to work on a, a fresh like type five. I just feel like I want to start getting out there again and. One of my goals for 2022 is to to put myself in the forefront a little bit more because I mm. often um, hide behind collaboration a lot ah. because then it's not a rejection of me if it's a rejection. Right. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. relatable, relatable. I love collaboration. As grateful I am for that, but I feel like I'm bad at kind of accepting the spotlight, which sounds weird, and I think a lot of people probably would not expect to, that to be the case, but. It is. <laughs> yeah. Well, take that fucking spotlight. Take it. Yeah. Take it.
1: Give us some advice, mm-hmm. uh, maybe for comedians who are just starting out or, you know, people who are in the throes of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I think the main thing that I would say is... Authenticity. Authenticity in the sense of you don't have to emulate somebody else that you think is successful to become popular. I think it's we've already seen that person do that. So people, especially now in the way that, you know, social media. Works. It's like people respond to realness and authenticity, and it's always gonna feel put on if you're trying to. Oh, I saw this person do this thing. I'm gonna t- try to do the exact same thing. um Like one of my favorite like comics. uh if, I don't know if you know Fizza. Yeah. Yes. You, you know, people talk about her pigtails all the time, but you know what? She likes them. Yeah. yeah. She's hella cute. It's a brand. And yeah, and that's what I, I tell people. It's like just be your authentic self. It's like if that's what you like to look like. Then look like you, you know, you don't have to like put on some kind of I think a lot of women, especially like feel like they have to put on some sort of comedy uniform. Right. In order to like fit yeah, in. Get that yeah, plaid yeah. shirt. Yeah. I got to like have a flannel and yeah. like baggy jeans. And it's like, sure, if that's authentically you, then like, yeah, wear that. But like, if it's not just, you know, if you want to wear like a cute sweater with ruffles on it, wear a cute sweater with ruffles on it and just make people because people will never become comfortable with watching women on stage like if we don't just like present ourselves you know with mm-hmm. the way that we're comfortable you know in our own lives Hell you know yeah. like if i want to go up there and wear like a cute ruffly dress and i'm gonna go up and wear a cute ruffly dress it is like a choice obviously how you want to present yourself but also it's like you shouldn't feel that like I said, there shouldn't be like a box. You right. You right. shouldn't yeah. be like, I have to wear a flannel and a hoodie or like, no one will take me seriously. Totally. Yeah. It's like, that's not true. And even if it is like a little bit true, like, really, like, fuck them. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's and that's their own problem. <laughs> to
0: your point, it'll never change if people just like play
1: into it. Yeah. Right? Yeah yeah well Ayla thank you so much for coming on this was truly a pleasure to have you here um and very excited for you for everything that's uh, coming up for you yeah I can't wait to see you get up
0: on stage and do some stand-up this year I'm fucking stoked for that yay
2: oh my god I'm scared (laughs) it's
0: gonna
2: be great (laughs) y'all well
0: dude you're killing it killing it thanks so much for being here
2: thank you thank you for having me it's so fun
0: so that thing that she said about being authentic, I relate to that so hard, and yeah. I feel like it's just—it's such an interesting thing. I don't know. Ayla's got such a unique voice, and I think a, yeah. a very strong perspective. And so I know what you mean, though. It is hard. It's hard. Who who, who am I? Right. I used to have this thing, or I would like because. I would, like, I'd be like, I feel like I'm a moron because I watched so much TV growing up and I don't know like what thoughts are my own and what is there from <gasps> oh, pop culture. Yeah. Does that make sense? I yes. think about this all the time. I'm like, I don't know who I am and what I actually think and how much of it is just fucking shaped by all the media I consumed my whole life.
1: Oh yeah. But I mean, look, Okay that's like part of just like part of your dna right like mm-hmm. so regardless of if you just watched a bunch of tv you would still be shaped by like the things that are happening around you right it just so happens that it's these things so you're not a moron you're a human being yeah who um is very normal of the modern age yeah well it's just like it's yeah just we're modernity hum- yeah i get i get what you're saying though it's hard because you're like wait, was this like funny because I did it or was it funny because it's an imitation of this thing? Yes. And, like, or especially like if you don't even remember doing like what it's from. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like,
0: I don't feel like this is an original thought yes. or take or I don't mm, trust myself on this. I have like, I have that all the time. That's why I'm always mm. amazed at comedians who like manage to steal jokes and then be like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, no, part of you was like, did I make that up? (laughs) Because I ask myself that about almost everything. Yeah. I like run through the catalog. I'm like, that's too funny. (laughs) That's too funny. I didn't think of that. No. And then I'll go through it and then I'll be like, oh, sometimes I'm like, oh no, you didn't think of that. No, that's a, that's a real thing. That's a different thing. Oh my God. Um, And then sometimes I'll be like pleasantly surprised. I'll be like, I didn't think of that. That was
1: me. That was me. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know yeah. What I'm talking about. Yes, I very much do. Uh I feel my problem is that I'll go through that catalog and I'll be like, yeah, no, 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 that, that came from me. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Like I just <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't actually know. I don't trust my own brain yeah. or my own memory. Um, and you can't
0: find everything on Google. You right. Know?
1: Yeah, but i don't know uh we'll do our best to be our authentic selves or at least like not outwardly be like i'm just gonna basically do what they're doing like yeah maybe for us it's like hey i like this style of thing and i'd like to make something that's kind of like it but m- still mine still mine yeah, yeah. my perspective yeah 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 wow wow <laughs> wow wow hey you know what else makes me say wow period podcast network hell yeah fuck yeah it does fuck yeah it does y'all we're having a fundraiser on february 17th it's like donation based we're gonna have raffle we're gonna have a performance <laughs> performances uh some comedy there's gonna be some like comic book giveaways Giveaways. yeah Mm -hmm. um there's gonna be uh strippers there's gonna be oh a history of uh black burlesque Ooh, sexy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Gigi is doing a history of black burlesque oh my god i'm so excited Mm -hmm, that's gonna be awesome yeah fuck yeah it's a it's gonna be a fun time i think it's gonna be dope yeah it's gonna be real cool and so y'all should um y'all should Tune in for that. Check it's out our our social medias for uh the information on that. It's February seventeenth at five PM Pacific time. Yes. Uh
0: slash eight PM Eastern Eastern time. time. And if you are elsewhere different time you look it up do the math i got two time zones in my head <laughs> mountain time no i don't even have i don't one. i don't know what mountain time is central I, Who yes, knows? I don't
1: know central and then arizona's on like a weird i don't know it's all weird yeah it's all weird anyways uh, it's gonna be great also you know if you just want to donate to period podcast network we've got patreon and then follow us uh, comedy girl crush yeah follow us uh leave us a, a review leave us some stars yeah, yeah
0: well, you're amazing right yeah yeah and you should keep crushing it <laughs> comedy girl crush was created by Nikki urban is edited by kate siegel is produced by kate siegel mackenzie mazell and the period podcast network our music is by rena Hunter, and our artwork is by ariel alter And now we want to take a second to talk to you about a new book that's out called With Pleasure, Managing Trauma Triggers for More Vibrant Sex and Relationships. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, It was written by uh, the sexuality journalist and host of the Girl Boner podcast, which is here on the Period Podcast Network, August McLaughlin,
1: and co-written by the trauma-informed sex therapist, Jamila Dawson. This book is a great companion for anyone experiencing the effects of trauma. It explores pleasure, relationships, and community as worthy and essential antidotes in trying times some of the things in the book include true survivor stories expert insight writing prompts and grounding exercises and it is a much-needed alternative to harmful self-help ideologies that instruct people to change their thoughts or choose to be happy boo Uh, (laughs) instead dawson and mclaughlin encourage readers to respect their feelings understand the complexities of a society and systems that fuel trauma it fosters self-compassion and to
0: embrace pleasure so if you want to embrace your pleasure go on chicagoreviewpress.com forward slash with pleasure
1: you'll get a discount we'll get a commission and you'll be supporting jamila and august and supporting yourself in your journey towards pleasure